Happy Friday. It's time for the Richard Skipper Friday Wrap-Up Show. Who and what are you celebrating today? Richard Skipper believes every day is worth celebrating. But today, we wrap up the week with a dose of positivity. You never know who might show up or what might happen. So get ready. Your skipper is now coming on board, and we are ready to set sail. All aboard. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm back. Oh, my God. What an incredible week this has been. Uh, Well, those of you who follow the show, you know that this time last week, I didn't do a show uh, because I was in Washington, D.C., where for the first time in four years... I returned to the boards doing my own show. Um, Well, I was calling the show Plate Spinners, Jugglers, and Richard Skipper. But I've gone back to calling the show simply Richard Skipper Celebrates because that is what the show is about. I'm proud to say I got a rave review uh, in Washington, D.C. It had been 15 years since I had last appeared in Washington. Uh, It's been four years since I've done a live show. I had a sold out house. The audience was phenomenal. Uh, The venue, Crazy Aunt Helen's. If anyone happens to be watching this in the Washington, D.C. area, uh, tonight, Arnaldo uh, Drag Chantus is performing there. Go see him. Tomorrow night, Lena Katrakas wrapping up their cabaret festival. It's been the most incredible week. I will say this, Crazy Aunt Helen's in Washington, D.C., sets the standard for how to treat artists. The greatest venue in terms of every single detail of what to do, how to make you feel welcome. Uh, They promoted it. They got an audience in for me. It's the way uh, New York City Cabaret take a lesson from Washington, D.C. When a venue takes a vested interest in the artist that they are booking, it's a whole different paradigm. And that's all I have to say on that subject. It was just incredible. And I am so glad uh, to be on the boards again. Uh, I just got booked in Provincetown. I'll talk about that further on down the line. I'm looking to bring my show to other venues. So if there are any booking agents out there, call me. Uh, If any of you have connections, call your favorite venues request me. But today, I am going to be celebrating three people who are making a difference. And I am excited to bring on our first guest. She just did a performance and she's going to be back again this Tuesday night. I love the title of this show, Too Old to Die Young. This woman has devoted her entire life to entertaining She made her Carnegie Hall debut at the age of four. Are you ready, everyone? I mean, I was in my 40s when I appeared at Carnegie Hall. Uh, How do you get there? You become a piano virtuoso. Uh, That's how she got there. But we're going to talk about all the wonderful work she's doing. Barbara, welcome. Welcome to the show. Oh, it's a delight to be here, Richard. Well, I want to begin... Beyond your show, which we're going to get to in a moment, I always begin by asking my guest, who or what are you celebrating today? Oh, I think, well, first of all, I'm celebrating being here because it's wonderful to be here. 
And also the first solo show I've done in six years. Um, I've been doing duo shows with Austin Pendleton. And I'm celebrating having done a show in London in a wonderful venue that was welcoming and, and terrific. Well, while we're at it, let's also celebrate Ralph Lampkin. Oh, let's celebrate Ralph. I'll celebrate Ralph any day of the week. I mean, talk about a proactive publicist. Yes. Ralph, if you're watching, and I hope you are, uh, yes. he really, that's how you are on the show today. Uh, because I received your press release and I said, let's bring her on the show and let's talk oh, about the show. Um, and uh, because I get press releases from Ralph all the time uh, and he is really on top of things. He cares. He really cares. And that's very special. Well, um, let's talk about that aspect of the business. Uh, how did you and Ralph come to work together? Actually, Michelle Browerman recommended him to me and I you know Michelle's recommendations on anything that's true yeah and also Amanda McBroom whose recommendations on anything I take uh so this show I mean you and Austin have been working together for a long time you know I just did my first uh solo show uh after a long time because yeah. even the pandemic, I did these shows uh, called Richard Skipper Celebrates, in which I had other artists on stage with me uh, to be out there doing your own thing. And I want to say last night I went to see Patty Lapone, uh, a phenomenal show. Um, it's an incredible experience. How lucky are we, Barbara, when we get to be on stage and it's just between us, our musical directors, the lighting people, the wait staff, but it's between us and the audience. Yes. What yes. is that experience like for you? The experience for me is like when I do theater, um, my scene partner is my partner. When I do cabaret, the audience is my partner. Um, or if I'm with Austin, the audience is our partner. You know, and that's really what I love about it. Because, you know, I think of myself as kind of a musical storyteller. And, and you are. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I at the I did a teaser in my show um, where I only sing just a smidgen just to give the audience a glimpse into um, I'm Still Here. I did not sing the song. Um, but you... <laughs> but you sing your you, but you uh, your show is titled um, "Too Old to Die Young." Why did you choose this particular song as the title of this show? That's a because this the show actually it's the first autobiographical show that I've done, and. It begins with an incident. I won't say what it is, because that would be a spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. um, but it begins with an incident, and the incident has to do with age. 
but you're ageless. You know, it's funny, someone asked me last night, there were these women sitting in front of me at the uh, Patty's concert last night, and they said, how old do you think she is? And I said, she's ageless. <laughs> and they said, that's a good answer. Um, and I, you know, and I feel the same way about you. Well, um, thank you. Is age something that you think about? I, yes, I do. And not necessarily in a negative way. Um, it, you know, it's the summation of a lot of experience and experiences. Um, there have been many, many facets to my life, and I'm grateful for that. Now, let's talk about some of those facets before we bring on our next guest. You, as I said, you made your Carnegie Hall debut at the age of four. Um, did you, I mean, thinking about that time, uh, I, I had Lorna Luft on this show once. And mm -hmm. I talked, when I, meant, when I brought up the fact of her being on the stage at the Palace Theater with her mother, she says, oh, I don't remember that at all. Do you have any recollection of being on stage at Carnegie yes. Hall at four years old? Yes, I do. And did you experience any stage fright at that age? I don't remember experiencing stage fright. Um, I remember actually Bess Meyerson, who was a former Miss America, walked me onto the stage. We had the same piano teacher and lifted me onto the piano bench. And I remember that. And I remember my feet not touching the floor. And I remember a lot of people. And it was a pleasant experience. And I have to tell you a funny story. My grandson, one of my grandsons, um, has just played Carnegie Hall twice. And how old is he? He played the first time at 12. Wow. And the second time at, I think he was 14. And then did you, I mean, did this, was that the path that your parents thought that you were going to follow? That you My mother was very determined that her elder daughter was going to be a concert pianist and her younger daughter was going to be a violinist. And she was, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, I took a more circuitous route. Uh, I, you know, I, I did go to high school as a, a, a high school, you know, music and art um, high school as a, you know, as a pianist and performed a lot during that time. And midway through high school, I decided that I thought I wanted to become a psychologist. I had a boyfriend who was a psychologist, and it fascinated me. It's funny how that will happen. <laughs> right? Yes. And so I entered college as a psychology major, but I supported myself through college as a musician. And as a singer, I mean, you um, you also sang in coffee houses. Yes, in coffee houses, weddings, bar mitzvahs, subways, you name it, I've sung it. Now, at that time when you were singing in coffee houses, 
did you find that it was easier to find the opportunities than it is now? Oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you pretty much walked in, you know, with a guitar and, you know, joined in. And then if they liked you, they'd ask you to. And what do you think changed? I think a culture of celebrity. Mm. Yeah. If I had to put my finger on it. A culture of celebrity, of drawing audiences. I mean, you know, there was very little money involved at that time. You know, we, we pretty much played for whatever they gave us. And if anyone wanted to throw a tip, great. But you weren't doing it for the pursuit of money. Well, I was supporting myself with it. Well, we're going to bring on our next guest. Uh, but before we do, um, I always have a mystery guest, uh, a mystery question on uh, f- on Fridays. So you get to pull a mystery question, uh, one, two, or three. Okay. So pull a question, one, two, oh, three. Just, oh, you're not going to tell me in advance. I'm not going to tell you. Let's do two. Two. And the question is, well, it's actually a statement. My actions are intentional and they bring me closer to my goals. Do you feel that the actions that you take are intentional when it comes to your career? Or do you feel that things happen because of the circumstances and the people that you meet along the way? Really a combination, um, I'd have to say. Um, You know, I really feel that... um, something happens when preparation meets opportunity. I know someone said that before, Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't remember who it was. I think it was one of the Beatles, but I'm not sure. Um, And, you know, I, I I work hard at what I do and I look for opportunities to do it. And I've also been fortunate. Now, I have one last question, and uh, there's a reason why I'm asking. Are you a native New Yorker? Yes. Okay. Well, well, I came from South Carolina. No kidding. Well, I worked hard to get rid of it. And our next guest also came from the South. uh, And he truly uh, has made a life for himself in this business. He is so beloved. I have to say, AJ, I've never heard anyone say a negative thing about you. And if they really? have, it's never crossed my desk. <laughs> and you were so loved by so many people. I received an email from fans of yours. And are you ready for this? What? London, who were excited that you were going to be on the show today. Oh, um, that's so nice. <laughs> and if you think I'm making that up, I can share the emails with you. Oh, that's nice. Um, so... You, I, I mean, you also, at a very early age, you were winning uh, talent contests. You knew that this was the path uh, that you were going to pursue as well. Yeah. Uh, you were doing uh, local theater. You really had your mind made up that you were going to go into this business. Yeah. When, what was the light that went off for you when you said, everybody, hold on. This is the path that I'm going to be on. Um, I think it's like, I loved the movie Wizard of Oz. Like 
that's cliche, but um, <laughs> I you don't know. See like, these stickers? <laughs> yeah. Um, my the first show I got cast in was The Wizard of Oz. Um, and it was with a big um, regional theater in my um, hometown. And I don't know, like, I, from that point on, I just continued to do it. But my parents are not theater people at all. Like, they don't know anything about theater. So they're definitely not, like, <laughs> it was all me, like, pushing myself, which I continue to do, you know. So, um I don't know. I guess the first show I did. So how did the decision happen for you to move? Uh, is it Alabama that you grew up in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, yeah, from Alabama to New York. Well, I went to college in Pittsburgh. So um, mm-hmm. I moved from Alabama to Pittsburgh and went to school for musical theater at Point Park University. And then I moved straight to New York. Now, I have to ask you this question. Do you think that social media has truly shaped who you are? Mm, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say that I don't, like, publicize through social media. But, I mean, I've always been a theater person, so I don't know. (laughs) No, I asked that question because you have done so much incredible Mm. work. I was saying to Barbara uh, before the show today that you have done such great work in terms of um, the history of theater. So -hmm. many people, I mean, you know, a mutual friend of ours uh, is Donna McKechnie. Uh, The work that you've done in terms of preserving her legacy and, you know, Mm -hmm. keeping their names out there, the photographs, everything that you do. Uh, I'll bring up your Facebook page as well. Uh, But you've done so much to keep her, Leroy Reams, yeah. uh, did this for Harvey Evans. So many people that uh-huh. it's important that we remember. Well, when I do shows, I always am closer to the older actors. And I always use it as like an opportunity to learn from their mistakes or what they've done. Because I find like when I do shows that all the young actors hang out with each other at night you know or after rehearsal and i'm always hanging out with the older actors on purpose to learn you know from them so i've always like been interested in you know in uh more in older actors i guess and um so I don't know. I guess it just like morphed. I, I like to share about these people. And it's funny because Donna McKechnie says that I know more about her career than she does. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I don't know. But I mean, I've actually I've become friends with a lot of these people through sharing their stories. So people reach out to me and want to go out to dinner or get drinks or people send me stuff. Like I got all these... Um, anonymous photos of Angela Lansbury and Dear World last year. Just like no name on the envelope to me. I guess it was a a gift. They didn't want to, you know, say who they were. So I don't know. It's been really nice, but I mean, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't think of it as, that big of a deal, <laughs> you know. Well, but other it, people it, do. It's obviously a part of who you are. I yeah. mean, I you know, I grew up in a very small town. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I, you know, and I, hearing your story reminds me a lot of my own story because my mm -hmm. parents were as far removed from this business as two people could possibly be. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't understand it. My mom, my father's passed on. My mom mm -hmm. still doesn't understand it. Um, yeah. And I will say, oh my God, you won't believe who I met today. <laughs> and it's like, I, you know, I could say, they don't know. They, they don't know. It means nothing uh, to them. And, yeah, like, uh, you know, years ago, I uh, I had interviewed Pia Zadora, and so when mm -hmm. I was telling my mom, uh, when I was telling Pia Zadora that my mom was coming to New York, my mom uh, Pia Zadora says I have to meet your mom. So I arranged for my mom to meet. I mean, for Pia Zadora to meet my mom, and Pia Zadora was more excited about meeting my mom than my mom was about meeting. Her. <laughs> so it's just those things, but. I, you know, and I don't say this, you know, for bragging rights. I just, it, it's so important to me that I have been, I consider myself incredibly blessed. That's the word. Mm -hmm. And I consider uh, it, uh, I practice gratitude that I've been very, very fortunate that the people that I've admired and that I respect in the business that I have been able to, as you have, break bread with. Mm -hmm. And call my friends. Like Carol Channing. Like Carol Channing. <laughs> um, but, um, what is it about this business that you that uh, pulls you in so much, AJ? Well, I don't know. I just love doing shows. And, but I don't, you know, I don't really know what it is exactly. There's just something about like old Hollywood and musical theater. You know, I mean, they're, kind of one in the same because a lot of you know musical theater was uh translated to hollywood in that era um i don't know i just i love the feeling you get with like watching an old movie but you kind of get the same feeling from watching rogers and hammerstein or cole porter show on broadway like a revival um i don't tend to go to see new shows that often mm-hmm that are like modern. I don't know. That's just not my taste. But um, yeah, I guess it's just like the feeling I get. Well, and, last night, you know, seeing Patty Lapone last night, I was uh, on the edge of my seat through the whole show. Yeah. I mean, she, I, 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 the joy that she was putting out there. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, I mean, when you see a great artist on stage that loves doing what they do, for me, as an artist myself, sitting in the audience, um, it's like a, a shot of adrenaline going through me. I love being on stage, but I also, uh, Barbara, don't you agree that you, yeah, you also, I, the experience of being in the audience, see, you know, experiencing that is the same experience for me. I, I love, it's like, you know, vicariously living through them. Yeah. Well, last night I went to um, Great Performances Celebrates 50 Years yes. um, at Lincoln Center. Mm -hmm. And I've never been to a live filming before. So it was really interesting. But I mean, it it was the best of the best. Cheetah Rivera, Sutton Foster, Donna McKechnie. Um, who else? Uh, I mean, everybody. Uh, Norm Lewis. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. It was it is so great and it's going to be airing in May, but um, it's just so weird to 
see these people that are icons, you know, like in person. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about another icon. And uh, that's our next guest. And I consider her an icon. And I'll tell you why. Uh, she reached out to me um, uh, during COVID uh, because she had this show uh, that she had never done in New York. And she was going to bring it to New York. And uh, it was her first time. And uh, she could nod her head or shake her head when I say this. I don't think her director, Jeff Harner, was in place uh, before she brought it to New York. No, she's, she's shaking. He wasn't. So she brought the show to New York. Uh, she did the show, uh, got nice notices. Uh, and then uh, she did it again. And she did it again. Well, I... Uh, this is pers uh, Perseverance, everyone. She's getting a Bistro Award. Wow. And I am so, I mean, I, I, I'm going to tear up because I'm so happy for her. Because I have followed this journey uh, with her. Uh, she's been on this show a few times. Uh, and now it pays off. She's getting this award. I'm going to give you a glimpse of um, Therese Lee. And then you'll see her on the other side. Here she is. Bistro Award winner. Here she is. If you knew my story, you'd have a hard time believing me. You'd think I was lying. So tonight is about the absurdity of life's grand cosmic karmic design. How in one of the most unlikely and unique twists of fate, one soul at her lowest could be thrust nose first into rarefied air and given one, possibly her last, shiny brass ring of ridiculousness and hope. You're alive, so come on and show it. You've got a lot of living to do, Therese Lee, with real Hollywood. He touched me. He put his hand in mine, and then he touched me. I felt a sudden tingle when he touched me. A sparkle. A glow till you're at the end, the end of your rope. Till you're standing in my shoes. I don't want to hear nothing from you, from you, from you. Cause you don't know. I finish the song which I oversell. Somebody says thanks and wishes me well. The next thing I know, I'm at Taco Bell, stuffing my face with meat. I've never, never been, been one, one for flipping my lid, but I gotta tell you that flip that I did. High life has stepped into She's certainly not a gal who is hot to be left at. And I met Jane Fonda, John Malkovich, Taylor Lautner, met Judy Dench, met Matt Dillon, Oliver Stone, Florence Henderson, Tommy Hilfiger, J.K. Simmons, Chris Christopherson, Alex Borstein on the other side of the tracks. If you knew my story. Thank you. 
Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I have to tell you, the thing that I love, for those of you who do not know, uh, the Bistro Awards, if I'm not mistaken, are, is it the 17th or yes. the 17th? Um, what I love about the Bistro Awards um, and is that all the recipients um, know ahead of time that they are getting this award. And everybody um, is, uh, all the recipients also uh, appear that uh, are going to perform that night. And uh, there's no competition and there's no tension of, oh my God, am I gonna get the award tonight or am I not gonna get the award? And it is also picked by the critics. So the critics chose you. How did you get the call or how did you find out that you were going to get this? Um, well, first, I want to say that Jeff was in from the beginning. So just I, I, I'm uh, he was my director and we co-wrote a lot of it. Oh, together. so he was from the very beginning. OK, I met him in, at the St. Louis Cabaret Conference. OK, yeah. okay. Um, but I got an email from Sherry Eager saying back in January saying we'd like to honor you, but we need to know that you can come to New York because I'm in L.A. And uh, and I said, yes, um, you don't say no to that. You say yes. No. Yeah, so of course I'm coming. And then Jeff said, "Well, you should do your show again." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so, so it's a big, um, it's a big week, uh, but a very happy week. Very, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled. Um, it, I had given up on all of this, all of it. I, I'd stopped singing for years. Um, I just thought, yeah, that's not going to happen for me. And. Um, so to do my debut in New York and get a Beaster Award is just, you know, people used to say, don't quit before the miracle. And I would think, yeah, for you. <laughs> <laughs> my life is just going to be, you know, nothing here. Although I had that crazy job of interviewing celebrities. So it was never uh, nothing, you know, even if. You know, I mean, you know, and the thing is, I mean, we've all I, we've all had these brushes with greatness. But the way that I like to refer to it is that all of these greats um, have had the opportunity of brushing with each of us. Yes. So that's the way that I look at it. Yeah. So what is the greatest right lesson on. that you feel that you've learned over the past year on this journey from originally bringing it to New York to this very moment that you're sitting here now talking about this? It has been an incredibly healing experience for me uh, because I talk about some stuff that I kind of start out and then I, it gets a little dark because I talk about some stuff that happened to me, some violence that happened to me. And it was weird to read it in a review, you know, like there I go. And Teresa was talking about past sexual assault. You know, I was like, wow, there it is. You know, sorry to just get so on, but you know, there it is. And then to have it just be like, accepted and it's the thing that's bringing me joy and it's the thing like my uh past and my some of my worst moments are actually like creating the most joy in my life and so it's just been like mm -hmm. this thing of thinking oh i wasted all this time it's like none of it was wasted none mm -hmm. of it it's mm -hmm. all and that's what i've learned like and i didn't do any of it by myself i was never alone and uh, even though i thought i was and um and none of it was wasted. It was, it's all good experience. And I got through it. I got through to the other side.
you know? You know, it's very interesting. I, I was listening to an interview uh, last week with, believe it or not, Paris Hilton. Mm. And she has a new book out where she is revealing some really heavy things that were happening to her as a child. And even her parents were not aware of yeah. some of the things that were happening to her as a child that they were really thrusting her into, like sending her away to a camp uh, where they were like messing with her mind and everything. Yeah. It's one thing to put things um, on the pages of a book. It's a completely different thing uh, to put it on stage in front of an audience uh, where people are going to be uh, making judgment calls. You know, I have a show called The Magic of Believing, which tells the journey of my growing up in South Carolina and coming to New York. And, you know, when we all, none of us come out of this unscathed. Uh, we all have these demons. My sister called me as I was writing this show. She said, be careful with what you put out there. And I said, well, I don't want to make my audience uncomfortable at any point in the show, but how do you decide what you want to share and what you don't want to share? without, you know, that moment of saying, somebody might say, well, that's a little uncomfortable for me. How do you make those decisions? How did, uh, you know who, Jeff, yeah. Jeff, like I was telling, I just told him, there's a couple stories I tell and especially one about the aristocrats where I like, I don't know if you ever saw that documentary. Yes. Yeah. And I confronted Bob Saget because his version of that joke is just one of the most disturbing things I've ever heard. And so I, I was just telling Jeff this, you know, going to the junket and all stuff. And he looked at me, he goes, oh, you should tell that story. And I'm like, really? Because every time I told that story to my friends, they all started looking really uncomfortable. And, um, but it, it's like, it's part of my, it's my favorite part of the show, really. I mean, you know, to to talk about that. And and then there was another song that, uh, uh, Till It Happens to You. And I was just telling Jeff about that song that Diane Warren and Lady Gaga wrote. And, um, and he goes, oh, you should sing that song. And I'm like, really? You know, and um, and so I just did it at his suggestion. I would never have discussed any of this, but I was kind of willing because he knows more than I do. And so I just thought, okay, I'll just do what he, you know, I'll just do this because I trusted him. I trust him, you know. So he, he really encouraged me to go a lot deeper than I would have by myself. Uh, Barbara, for those of us who have not seen your show yet, um, and uh, how deep do you go in terms of sharing, you know, uh, do you share any uh, moments that are not spotlight moments of your life? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I do. And um, probably of any show that I've done, my heart was sort of in my throat. Mm -hmm. Going up with this one. Oh wow, wow! And AJ, you, yourself as well. I mean, have you ever done an autobiographical show, or do you think that you would do an autobiography? I think I will, but I haven't. Um, I don't know. I don't think right now is the right time. I think maybe in my forties. Yes, so young. So, AJ, I realize I didn't ask you to pick your mystery question. So, oh, yeah. mystery question one or two. One. And it is what's something in this business that you will never, ever do again? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, huh. Um, I don't know. 
I mean, there's certain theaters I wouldn't work out again because <laughs> they weren't very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's a hard one because okay. I would do, a, you know, I'm young. So there's a lot of things, you know, I don't want to like cut myself off from, right, right. you know, opportunities. So I don't know. I mean, a lot of the time I, do, I always say I don't want to dance again. Because I began as a dancer and I want to be a character actor. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, I will dance again. So, mm-hmm. okay. I don't know. Um, Teresa, there's one question left. So I want to okay. give it to you. Um, what's one daily action that you can take to elevate um, that you do every day to uh, when it comes to your career? A daily action that you do daily? Um, I don't know. The first thing that popped in my brain was I meditate every day, uh, okay. which I think is really helpful. I do that too. Yeah. And then I, I do vocal warm-ups because I take, I study with Celeste Simone. And so, um, oh, yeah. I love her. Yeah. I love, she's too busy for me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's my neighbor and I can't get her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously you Zoom with her. I do. I Zoom. Yeah. 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 You know, we've been trying to get together for brunch. We we had a brunch here almost a year ago, and we've been trying to get together for another brunch. Oh, and, you know, uh, tomorrow night, I'm going to see Cheetah Rivera, who okay. she also works with. And oh. she's too busy to go see Cheetah tomorrow night. <laughs> it's a conflict. She's, you know, got something else tomorrow night. So it's it's crazy. So it's just crazy. So I've got some questions. Um, I like, you know, these are things that I pulled randomly. I do a lot of um, creative reading uh, throughout the week. This is our Friday wrap up show. So I've got some questions. They're random. Uh, so that I'm just going to pull for each of you in our remaining moments, uh, just about the creative process. And I'll start with you, Barbara. Okay. And um, you, we talked we touched upon this earlier. So this is a very interesting question. When I asked this question, when you were performing uh, in uh, uh, the, um, uh, the venues that you were performing in early in your career. And this question is, do you ignore money or do you stay acutely aware of it when it comes to your career? At this point, it's a minor factor. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a time, you know, when I, at that earlier time in college, it was, you know, my bread and butter. Um, At this point, it's a, it's less of an important factor. Um, It's, it's a minor factor. That's a great place to be. I will tell you that. That's great. Um, AJ, um, finish this sentence. I'm the kind of person who, dot, 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 and as you're thinking about that, think of who you desire to become in relation to your career. I'm kind of confused. By the, okay. What is the well, question? Is, I'm the kind of person who, who, and then think about that in relation to your career. Um, I am the type of person who knows what I want hmm. and I push really hard to get what I want. I, I'm not scared to, you know, talk to people, ask them, you know, outright, can I do this show? Can I work with you on this? Um, Cause I think a lot of the time people are too scared to approach people, but 
you don't know that you could possibly open a door by, you know, just emailing somebody or calling them and asking. Because if they say no, it's no, you know. But um, if they say yes, then you have a new opportunity. So, Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, Therese, uh, and there's a quote here, if you can see it on the screen, uh, about you, uh, AJ, mm -hmm. uh, from our dear friend, Alan, who's watching. Mm -hmm. um, so when it comes to your career, Therese, and you've already touched upon this also with your meditation, I totally am with you on that. Um, beyond that, how do you lead a meaningful life in this business? A business that's not the easiest to be in, let's face it. Um, and how did you make this particular week meaningful? Oh, um, I'm just it, I'm just thinking in terms of how I used to be on the red carpet because um, you know that's a, a crazy place to be in, in the middle of all those cameras and all those really famous people and and just realizing that everybody is objectified. So I just I just would try to make a connection, and so that's kind of like to use that language of the heart instead of like thinking, what can I get from this person? I can just see if I can connect to them that because everybody's human, no matter how famous they are, they're still right. human mm -hmm. and actually fame doesn't fix anything at all. I've noticed that. But, um, and then what did I do this week to make this week meaningful? Make this week meaningful. Uh, I bought my ticket to go to New York, even though I'm, you know, I'm terrified, but I just take the action anyway, right? I just, I feel the feelings and then I take the action. So there you go. Good for you. That's great. Um, and Barbara, how fully have you been using all parts of your talent this week? I know you did a show on Tuesday night and uh, my friend Russ Woolley said he saw you at KT Sullivan's show this week. So <laughs> you, not only were you performing, that you were out supporting Audience. other artists. <laughs> uh, so that's important, everyone, support other artists as well. So, so uh, how fully have you been using all parts of your talent this week? I think, I think I, this week in particular I have because I wrote the show that I did, which has... It's, I, I'm calling it sort of a, a drama ray because I'm also a playwright and I, I actually wrote, wrote some um, mixture of a cabaret and a theater piece. Mm -hmm. So I used that part. Um, I used certainly the singing part, the musical part. And um, also my storytelling and connecting with people part. That's so, great. yeah, I, I think so. I hope to be there Tuesday night. I really want to be there. Oh, I don't need to be. I really would. No, I'm going to do everything I can to be there. Um, AJ, what experiences this week make you feel the way that you feel at this very moment? Um... <laughs> I think, um, well, I've had a lot of um, opportunities come to me this week. So I honestly, I have felt a little overwhelmed this week, which is not bad. Um, it's a good thing because I don't know, sometimes in the past, like I would not go to things that would make me uncomfortable or turn down 
opportunities because I'm, I might get nervous or might, you know, have stage fright, but I'm beginning to just say yes to everything. Um, so I've had a lot of, um, I feel a little overwhelmed today. Well, but... I want to recommend a book to you. And yeah. It's called The Year of Yes mm -hmm. by Shonda Rhimes. Oh. Have you read it? Okay. No. And she, uh, uh, what you just described was something that she had a lot of. Mm -hmm. She, uh, as a writer, she did not, and a producer, she never wanted to do talk shows. Mm -hmm. And so when she was asked to do Jimmy Kimmel, uh, she said only if they will pre-tape it mm -hmm. because she was afraid of passing out. Oh, she wow. was afraid of throwing up. She was uh, all these things that, um, and so she reached a point where her sister made a bet with her that she could not say yes to every opportunity that came her way for one solid year. And it changed everything for her. So I recommend this book to everybody. It's, so she did say yes to everything. She did say yes. Okay. And she started saying yes, and it became a habit for her. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just changed everything for her. So I would recommend it's the year of yes by Shonda Rhimes. Okay. Um, so Therese, um, what are you not doing right now because of fear? In terms of my career? Mm -hmm. I have a really hard time with self-promotion of a really hard, like it wasn't easy for me to reach out to you and go, hey, can I be on your show? You know, like, you did, and what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> but I have a really hard time with it. And someone who is a, a working actor that I know who lives around the corner from me, he just said, it's just a muscle. It's just a muscle. Mm -hmm. And you just have to keep doing it uh, until you can pay someone to do it for you. <laughs> you know, but I have a hard time with that. Yes. Everybody, if you have something to promote, reach out to me, reach out. Uh, I'd love to have you come on the show. Um, so, Barbara, what would you say to your seven-year-old self about where you are today? Huh. I would, I would hope that they would be as fortunate in so many aspects of life, and. You know, I would say just keep going at it. Do what you want to be doing, and it'll take you where you want to go. That's wonderful and true, 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 true. Um, AJ, um, and I think I know the answer to this next question, but I'm going to go. Um, I, you know, I always love to go back to the five-year-old self mm -hmm. because to me, the five-year-old self is the purest self. I've talked about this on previous shows. Mm -hmm. It's uh, before life begins to tell you who you should be and who you shouldn't be. Um, tell us about the five-year-old AJ. Who was he? Oh my gosh. Um, I loved like make-believe. Um, we would play. Oh, I loved, well, I love Barbies. I love dolls. Um, and my parents would buy me dolls like if I asked for it. So at least they were... <laughs> Um, I don't know. Um, I, well, I have twin sisters that are a year younger than me. So, you know, uh, we almost were like triplets. Mm. So my childhood was very involved with, you know, having twin sisters. Um, 
I don't know. It's hard to remember five. I remember six and seven because I started theater mm-hmm. around six and seven. But I'm going to share a story. Um, Leslie Jordan, who mm-hmm. God, you took him too, uh, too soon. Um, but he said that when he was three years old, um, he said, I wanted a bride doll. Mm-hmm. I wanted a bride doll so bad. And he said, I went to Santa Claus and I sat on Santa Claus's lap. And mm-hmm. I said, Santa Claus, I want a bride doll for Christmas. And he said, my, do- uh, my dad, who was this butch mm-hmm. fireman, he said, I saw him turn so many different shades of red. And that night I heard my mom say to my dad, well, what are we going to do? And he said, for God's sake, we cannot get that boy a bride doll for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And he said, but on Christmas morning, I walked in and there was the biggest bride doll I've ever seen. And he said, I sat down in the living room and I peed right on the floor. (laughs) Have you ever seen, um, have you ever seen the movie Period of Adjustment with Jane Fonda? Yes. Tennessee Williams. That's like a plot line in in that movie. Yes. Tennessee Williams. Mm. It is so funny. I just, and when he told that story, I just love that. Mm. Um, So, um, Therese, um, who is someone that you love spending time with that you haven't recently that you could reach out to tonight and just say, you know, we haven't seen each other in a while. Let's just get together this weekend. I love spending time with Karen Morrow. she was my teacher. Uh, she lives nearby. And um, and she and Greg Schreiner and Chuck Griffiths that were sort of, we've known, all known each other for a long, long time. And I miss um, having dinner with them, you know. Well, give her a call. She's a friend of mine. Oh, okay. And tell her, and tell her I said hello. Okay. And, uh, and I want a picture of you with Karen. Okay. With her, uh, with She's got a Richard Skipper celebrates mug, oh, okay. which we're all which you're all getting. Oh, that's lovely. That's just lovely. So, I so give give Karen a, a call after the show. I'm going to. Yeah. Great, great. Uh, Barbara, what is um, your um, getting back to something that Therese said earlier? What is your best method for self promotion? My best method right now. For- Oh, you said self-promotion. I was going to yes. say my best method is Ralph. But, yes, he's great. Uh, my best method Please, is... He might be good for you. <laughs> Ralph, Ralph is wonderful. He's wonderful. <laughs> but my best method for self-promotion, I do social media, mm. self-promotion. And mostly it's meeting people. Um, and just um, kind of word of mouth going to other people's shows, sitting at a table with somebody, talking with them. Um, That's great. That's great. Yeah. And uh, AJ, mm-hmm. um, how do you feel that you have built your career? Do you feel that you have been systematic in terms of building your career? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I mean... Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is publicity because now um, a lot of publicity is social media. So um, that's partly why I do what I do, not specifically for myself. But I mean, I'm also publicizing these other people, you know, the people that I share in my group. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I'm systematic about, you know, I was I moved to New York and found an agent 
within the first month. Like that was my, wow. you know, my goal. And um, I guess you kind of have to know, like, you know, right when you move to New York, you have to know where to go or who to talk to in order to, um, you know, get an agent or a manager, get into auditions. So yeah. oh, I say yes. <laughs> And Therese, what will you do uh, to impact the world around you today? Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Besides call your friend. <laughs> um, I didn't, you know, it just popped up in my brain. I took a walk because I, I, I took a walk because uh, the sun's finally out here in California. And I was walking and I heard this big behind me and it was this big dog um and he and he had gone up on the fence and he was peeking through the fence and i knew he just wanted to say hi so i i went over and i just took some time to i don't know i i just think when you do stuff like that like take time to notice the dog who wants to say hi to you or Aww. how pretty the flowers were that the sun is out that that's a pretty good way to you know just enjoy the world i totally agree with you that's wonderful and uh barbara uh does thinking about uh your upcoming show uh tuesday night everyone at pangea um does are you able to solely focus on this or are you currently thinking about what's next i am also thinking about what's next yes uh because um we have a, a show coming up in may uh, Austin and I, and our guests are going to be Richard Malty and Gretchen Cryer. Wow. And I love that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And we have to shape it. We have to, we have to make this show. So I'm also thinking about that. That's great. Well, I want to thank you all for being here today. And, uh, you know, we are going to wrap everything up. Uh, each of you are going to get a chance to have your final word today. It could be about anything that we've talked about today that you want to build upon, anything that we haven't talked about that you wish we had, or just any final word that you just want to leave everyone with today. Um, I will start with you, Barbara, and then it'll turn over to you, AJ, and then Therese, you will have the final word. And don't worry about how to end the show. As soon as you say goodbye, the final words, uh, the, uh, the credits will roll. Um, I want to thank everybody for being here today. And I want to thank uh, everyone for being here. Uh, if, you know, when it comes to promotion, uh, if any of you are interested in either advertising in my newsletter or sponsoring an upcoming show, um, reach out to me and talk to me about it. I know that in the world of cabaret, we don't make a lot of money. Uh, it's not about making money in cabaret. So I'll try it's to work. spending it. Yes, I will try to work within your budget. So mm -hmm. just reach out to me and we'll make it happen uh, because I know how important it is to get the word out about your shows. Um, I also say that it's not just about what we do on stage. It's really about going out and supporting other artists. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're able to go and see these shows, uh, by all means, be there. And if you're not able to go, and if you are able to treat a friend mm -hmm. or someone to the show, uh, buy a couple of tickets and send mm -hmm. them to see a live show. They will thank you for it because mm -hmm. there's no better gift. Um, I've reached a point in my life uh, at 62 mm -hmm. uh, where material things no longer matter to me. 
Uh, it's really about life experiences. It's being uh, having a dinner with a friend or going to see a live show or doing any of those things. Those are things that can never be replaced. And those memories are the best things in the world. As you all know, I always end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Pick up the phone, as Teresa is going to do after the show, and call someone that you haven't spoken to in a while and let them know how they've made a difference in your life. And it's very important that we do so now rather than waiting until it's too late to do so. Uh, as I've read, we're all in the same storm, but we're in different size boats. Some are in canoes, some are in rafts, some are in kayaks, some are pushing tugboats upstream. Doesn't matter what size boat you're on, as long as you have a skipper by your side. <laughs> I'm going to leave the screen and I'm going to turn it over to you, Barbara. This okay. show has been so important to me today. Thank you mm -hmm. all for being here. And Ralph, thank you for all the work you do. Barbara, it's all yours. Okay. I just want to say thank you. Uh, this was wonderful. It was wonderful talking with you, Richard, and also with Teresa and AJ. And I also want to throw a kiss to Ralph. Mm -hmm. So there it is. Uh -huh. And one more thing, which is the only thing one can't make more of in this world is time. So mm -hmm. you can um, I just want to thank you guys. This was so nice. And I want to encourage you to join Broadway by Broadway on Facebook um, and take part. And I wanted to show you my kitty. Yes, he was taking a nap the whole time behind me. Um, other than that, bye-bye. I guess I just want to say, as I said in the beginning, don't quit before the miracle, because I was I turned 60 this year and I, you know, I'm way past the time everybody thinks you're supposed to be having a good life. And I have to say, I'm happier than I've ever been. And uh, so it's totally worth whatever you're going through. Keep going. There's another side. It might take a long time, but just keep trudging because the only way out is through. And I'm so grateful to have been here and chatted uh, with everyone this afternoon. And if you're in New York and you want to come see my show on April 15th at 7 p.m., I'd love to see you. Thank you, Richard, for having me here today. Thank you. Bye.